So you've decided to give up that old behavior that's been killing you and all you care for and surrender to a power greater than yourself. That's the first step. Surrender is what opens the prison door. Now it's time to walk through that door and into a whole new way of life. Spirituality, self-care, service, social connection, and the simple daily disciplines that pave the way to lasting freedom. This is Positive Sobriety. Welcome to another episode of the Positive Sobriety Podcast. Yes, it's true. We are actually here. We are back. The Positive Sobriety Podcast is recording again. Hey, uh, after I, plagues and um, all kinds of adversity and uh, diversity. Uh, and... Uh, oh, man, it's been a rough start, a little slow start of the year 2023, but here we are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, through the magic of the worldwide interweb. We're now in separate states temporarily. I'll be coming back to Tennessee next week, but I've been in Florida now for, David, I've been in Florida for five weeks. Yeah. It'll be six um, by the time I get home. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I've, I've missed knowing you were in Tennessee, but that's, uh, you've uh, had some ups and downs down there, I know, as your yeah, uh, visits yeah. have uh, yeah. gone on. But uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Allie has had some health challenges that seems to be part of the script when we come to florida to visit the grandkids mm. uh yeah that gets a little tough however we've had good times as well and yeah so we've been we've been suffering through the, the warm weather and the, the sunny skies <laughs> yeah uh, a shame you know <laughs> plodding along on the beach every morning yeah uh, we'll come back we'll come back to tennessee in time for 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 for, for spring and uh you know i i don't know about you David, but I have a sense. Yeah, I love the change of seasons. It's one of the reasons I was really happy to move from Florida to Tennessee. Because mm-hmm. in Florida, there wasn't a lot of difference between the seasons. It was just hot and not so hot, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, and I grew up close to the Canadian border where the saying was, you know, we have two seasons, you know, winter and then a, a week of poor sledding. Uh, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, but Tennessee, we got we, we get the four seasons. You do, and there is there's something about the rhythm of fall and mm-hmm. winter. Even though I skipped out, I skipped out on half of winter coming south. Mm-hmm. But I love spring. I love yeah. just the hopefulness of spring. Mm-hmm. I love the vibrance, the vibrancy of new life, the emergence of color where it was all brown for a while. And the time I can, change. I can, yeah, and, and and I can feel it myself. I it's I I can feel it, just this. It's just it's some new hope, a mm-hmm. little bit of new inspiration, a time to switch things up a little, do something mm-hmm. a little different, right? Yeah, and uh, I sense that's what we're cruising into, man. Yeah, we're coming yeah, out we of are. a good year. We're coming into a new year that will certainly have its challenges because life is difficult. Mm-hmm. But no it will also also bring its opportunities, and uh, there are good things ahead. So, yeah. I'm excited about the coming year. Oh, I am too. I am too. I, I kicked it off with COVID. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know you did. Oh. Uh, had a little bout of that, uh, but uh, and you know it was so funny because people tease me, you know, about being an Enneagram Nine, and mm-hmm. it was like the dream vacation for an Enneagram Nine. Because, you know, you're, you're holed up in your place and I live in a building and, um, nobody can get to me and nobody wants to, cause you know, you're, you're six and you're, you know, right, 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 you're right. in quarantine. Um, but like I could have my food delivered and I just, mm-hmm. I just was, you know, I didn't feel great, but I didn't have a horrible case of it either. So that I was fortunate, right, right. but, 
you know, you're in your apartment, the food's delivered. I could watch some things. I could read. I could hang out. I knew nobody was going to bother me. Um, yeah, I was yeah. well enough to do a few sessions, you know, via Zoom and FaceTime with some clients that wanted mm-hmm. to do that. Uh, so it wasn't like a total uh, week off of work. But, uh, but you know, it was nice. Uh, I mean, I hate to say that in a, a way because some people have had horrible, horrible um, yeah, you know, yeah, experiences right, yeah. with that. But uh, for me, not being so sick, it was nice for, for it to just l- let me slow down and think Mm -hmm. and process. I didn't, I told people I didn't feel bad enough, um, you know, to not do things, but I didn't feel well enough to do it for very long, you know? So, uh, but it was just a great way to slow down and reflect and, um, you know, just let, um, let myself have permission to, to just be quiet for a little bit. So there you you got, you got, you got an, uh, an unplanned, but beneficial vacation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, or rehab. You got a little bit of rehab that you had a little bit of rehab. Yeah. But I, I yeah, told yeah. God, I told God that, you know, next time I need a vacation, just give me a heads up and I'll book a flight to someplace. <laughs> <laughs> Cause this really was kind of a shitty way to have to get my attention. <laughs> oh, well, Hey, speaking of rehabs, we got some guests, uh, who just are in love with uh, with rehab and the wonderful yeah. things that happen that can happen in uh, rehab centers? Uh, I love their uh, love for the work, their love mm-hmm. for the people, their enthusiasm about their calling. Here are guys who are doing what they were made to do and loving doing it. Yeah. It's a it's a conversation that I really enjoyed, and I'm sure our listeners are going to love it too. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll be back with those guests in just a moment on the Positive Sobriety Podcast. And welcome back to the Positive Sobriety Podcast. Once again, David, you have cast a net far and wide. You've managed to reel in a couple of spectacular guests all the way from California. Uh, introduce them, will you? Yeah, this is uh, Jeremy Miller and Dallas Terrell. And um, they are with, um, their, their, their organization, their company is uh, Rehab Road Trips. And Rehab oh, Road Trips. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool thing. <laughs> They've got a website, uh, rehabroadtrips.com. They've got a YouTube channel. Um, and I liked, I came across their concept because um, I was looking for some other things and I, I saw that they take kind of this, uh, uh, their passion for cinematography and video that um, I want them to tell us how that kind of all came about and got renewed. They both have a recovery story, but they take that passion and they go in and they, um, they kind of showcase rehabs, you know, and one of the things mm-hmm. I like is because uh, I am always referring people to certain places and different uh, experiences, but sometimes I don't know um, really what in the hell goes on in there. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and so I feel a little, uh, you know, kind of vulnerable, but this takes you back in, in um, real time with conversations and a tour, but uh, you get to hear the heart of the people behind their programs and you really get to know um, the the story of the of the program, but also um, they're able to help um, these places present themselves in a way that they want to be presented and not just that Mm -hmm. slick uh, stock photography cover page that everybody gets when they look up a treatment center. So anyway, that's my ramble. But yeah, but Jeremy and and Dallas, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. It's kind of like so much for having us. Yeah, glad you're here. It strikes me, is this kind of like the recovery version of, I don't know, Guy Fieri's, uh, uh, you know, tour of uh, drive-ins and dives? That, that's yeah, exactly that, what it is. Yeah. We yeah, have cooler yeah. hair, though, than him. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to have cooler what? hair. Yeah. That's, that's true. Yeah, we I, don't. I, I was just being sarcastic. <laughs> Okay, uh, I want to hear the backstory first. Why sure. rehabs? How did your yeah. interest fall on rehabs? 
Yeah, thank you so much. So I'll uh, I'll give you the abridged version of uh, kind of how yeah. we came to be. Um, and that is that Dallas and I both worked in residential treatment for a long time. I was there for 12 years. Dallas was there for almost uh, eight or nine. And mm -hmm. um, we we kind of worked our way up from from counselors and techs all the way like I was a uh, executive level and, and doing a lot of marketing and things like that. And, uh -huh. um, and, and both of us, uh, right around COVID, we kind of felt like, um, we weren't leveraging our unique skills and talents in a, as big a way as we thought we could. And when, uh, -huh. uh the pandemic came, uh, I, I left my job at the, the treatment center and Dow left shortly thereafter. And, uh, the two of us were in a conversation about how we could, use our voice and our talents uh, with media to help more people find recovery. And that was kind of the, uh. the big question we were trying to answer. And I have a, a background in film. We both have been doing podcasting and media for a long time. And I started looking around at different treatment centers, websites, and we kind of realized that uh, none of them have really great video. Um, and right, David, yeah, you kind of yeah. nailed it uh, that you know, so often you'll go to refer a client to a treatment center and not know what the heck they do. Uh, mm -hmm. And that that was really something that we found a lot of. We found a lot of people mm -hmm. uh, looking for treatment and they don't know what rehab feels like or what it looks like. Uh, we go to YouTube and we couldn't really find any videos either outside of uh, just the real like com commercial marketing kind of mm -hmm. videos that feel like, you know, just like any other, the passages Malibu video, yeah. we've all been watching for 10 right, years, right? right? Like, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, right, 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 yeah, yeah. and so we, we were, we were really curious about that. And, and that's where rehab road trips came from. We, um, we're a, a full service video production company doing anything and every, uh, everything media related to really capture the essence of a treatment center, the essence of their team so that whoever's looking for treatment feels confident in where they end up going. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. So where have the road trips taken you so far? I mean, do you do a lot of travel? Uh, well, so yeah. far we've been just stuck in California and that's okay because <laughs> there is a huge yeah, yeah. market and net just, uh, just here in California. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, sure. but ideally yeah. we want to make it to Florida and Nashville and Texas, okay. and Arizona, Colorado, everywhere. Essentially. We can't wait till we go to Europe. Yep. That's right. <clears throat> yeah. There you go. Yeah, that is wonderful. Well, Tennessee has well, a lot of uh, uh, great places for you to come and explore, you know, so uh, oh, yeah. love to uh, throw some throw some names out for you sometime. But yeah, that'd be great. Well, here's what I I'm love curious Nashville. about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's great. Here's what I'm curious about. As you've you know, you've done a few. Oh, I don't know how many treatment centers you've done so far, but you've got your own experience in treatment and you've been to rehabs. I'm wondering uh what kind of commonalities you're noticing and then where you have uh, encountered something that just is strikingly unique or surprises you when you go to a place and go, well, this, they've, they've got a new twist, something here mm. we haven't seen before, something that the rest of the world ought to get to know. What do you, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. What kind of, what kind of trends <clears throat> have you picked up and what kind of surprises have you encountered? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, the, the first thing that comes to mind is, uh, you know, in California, there's a lot of the a lot of treatment is popping up in in, you know, residential homes. Right. Where they, they'll mm -hmm. convert a home mm -hmm. into a treatment center. And uh, Dal and I, our experience is in a huge facility, you know, on, on 100 30, beds, 30 acres with views. Oh, and vistas. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was kind of a lot for us to wrap our head around uh, treatment happening in a neighborhood. Um, mm -hmm. and yeah. just kind of trying to release any judgments we had until we experienced it. Um, and we've found that a lot of these models are doing pretty good work. I mean, um, mm -hmm. I think our, the one that stands out to me the most is a place up here called Heartwood Detox. Um, and they have two, two houses. Um, and mm -hmm. the, what strikes me about them is that they're, their whole team is so recovery based. They're so serious about their own personal recovery, um, which isn't unique in and of itself. But I think that uh, Jesse and Mike, the the founders up there, 
um, even though they're just detox, they're they're so focused on helping people get on the recovery path for real. Like they, mm-hmm. Mike is is yeah. very intentional about, hey, this is this is just the beginning. This is by no means the end, um, and it doesn't yeah. feel like kind of the revolving door that some detoxes feel like. Um, and I think mm-hmm. for me that that really stood out because Jesse. Uh, he'll be the first to tell you that he's been to 15 treatment centers and he wanted mm-hmm. to open a detox where people were treated the way he always wanted to be treated. And when wow. we were there, that's what it felt like. It felt really mm-hmm. caring and warm and safe. And, you know, since our work mm-hmm. there, that's the only detox we'll refer people to now up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because mm-hmm. we know that mm-hmm. they'll be so well taken care of. Mm. Wow. Wow. That's great. Um, I was reading in your material. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, that's even better. Um, I was reading in your material. uh, uh, Jeremy, your uh, background was cinematography. Was that right? And um, video. And, Mm -hmm. um, and you said that uh, if I remember correctly, you said that your um, once you got in recovery, it kind of renewed your passion for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that what I understand? So, uh, can tell me how, I mean, I'd love to hear some of you, uh, both you and Dallas share a little bit mm-hmm. about your recovery because Dallas, I know you're a, a CrossFit, CrossFit guru from what I <laughs> gathered from the <laughs> site. So I'll hear about that too, but the, um, but your, your passion getting renewed in your recovery, uh, mm-hmm. tell me how did you happen into, uh, recovery or happen to realize you needed it? <laughs> Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you kind of the the uh, summary of my recovery journey and my journey with film because they're really stacked on top of each other. So mm-hmm. um, ever since I was a, a really little kid, all I wanted to do was make things and specifically make movies. That was um, a, a very apparent natural inclination uh, from the time I was about seven. And Uh, So when it came time for me to go to school, I went to uh, UC Denver and I enrolled for a film and music major. And I only finished a year and a half of school before I dropped out because of my addiction to alcohol and Adderall. And Mm -hmm. um, when I dropped out of school, it really was kind of the beginning of the the spiral. And uh, that was in 2006. And by 2008, I was just full-blown addict, alcoholic. And when, um, when it came time for me to go to treatment, the catalyst that really kind of started that was I watched Iron Man 1. And uh, it had a really profound effect on me because here I am, like, living in a tent, drinking and drugging all day long. And I'm all alone and it's cold and it's dark and I'm watching, uh, you know, Robert Downey Jr., Tony Stark in a cave, dark, cold, alone. And he he makes this incredible character arc. And I remember watching it and feeling for the first time like, holy crap, like maybe that's me. Like maybe I'm in act one of my own movie and maybe Mm. going to treatment is how I move into act two. And Mm. uh so there were there were a lot of dark days in there, and ultimately I made the decision to go to treatment. And about a year into my sobriety, my creativity started coming back, and mm-hmm. it was um, a really really deep and meaningful experience for me because it had been gone for so long. And mm. um, so when I worked in treatment, I would work my creativity in where I could, and you know, after work, me and Dal would be making little movies and messing around and just trying to get my fix mm-hmm. any way we could, you know, writing screenplays yeah, yeah. and, you know, shooting stuff on our phones. And um, and then, you know, but we were working so many hours and, and uh, you know, the, the work we do, it, it can be um, heavy, exhausting <laughs> and heavy. And, and yeah. so uh, and that's when really like COVID, uh, when everything kind of calmed down, it was like, OK, like if we could do anything, what would it be? Like if we could just find a way to get paid to cruise around and talk to our amazing colleagues doing amazing work and and make great videos and inspire people to, you know, get into recovery. And that's kind of like the the whole journey. And so um, I would say that my sobriety has 100 percent been the catalyst in kind of recharging my my creativity more so than it's ever been. 
Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, what about you, Dallas? Well, I would think I think the creativity part for, uh, in my story is a little uh, more absent. I didn't really think that I was creative or a, a, a camera guy or a movie guy until I met him. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, so I mean, I think for me, I was addicted to heroin and crack and Xanax for a super long time. I started uh, smoking heroin at like 15, 16 years old in wow. high school. Wow. Yeah, my stepbrother, we were the same age and he got super heavy into drugs and I was kind of like doing okay, maybe drinking and smoking pot on the weekends, playing baseball my whole life, kind of athletic and going to the gym. And I went from like varsity baseball, A's and B's in high school to heroin addict in like two months. Wow. Girlfriend broke up with me. And in that same two months, I had moved into my dad's house with my stepbrother. We lived in the same room and he was smoking heroin at night as we'd go to sleep. And I thought it was hash, and that kind of is how everything started. Um, mm-hmm. So by the time I finished high school, I was already shooting up heroin with him every day, not going to school. Wow. Yeah, so it got um, intense very fast. And funny side note, when I was a sophomore in high school, I woke up and had a like a migraine, like the first migraine I ever had. And my mom was like, why don't you just stay home, like take this pill. This is like four migraines, and it was a Vicodin. And it was like 8 in the morning. She gives me a Vicodin. I had no idea what it was. I was maybe 15, 16. I go downstairs to sleep because I was supposed to rest that day. And she mm-hmm. came, she said I came upstairs 45 minutes later, like fully showered, cologne on. I was like, hey, I'm going to go hang out with my friends, like feeling great like everything's awesome and she was like that in that moment i knew we were gonna have big problems <laughs> oh man so you so that kind of happened for another two three years um i moved from phoenix arizona where i was living to park city utah that's where my mom moved after high school and i found drugs there went to my first treatment center about 18 maybe got 90 days sober, move into a sober or uh, yeah, sober living, got a job, went back to college uh, for culinary arts. And then I spent the next three years essentially doing the same thing, relapsing, going to treatment, going to a sober living, using my insurance card to go to detoxes and treatment centers and went all around the country. I went to California. I went to Utah and Arizona and Florida and Baltimore and Mm -hmm. New York for three years, just trying to run from myself or use drugs in different uh, states. Mm -hmm. And so I finally came to California when I was 21. And I went to a treatment center where Jeremy worked at, and that's how I met him. And he was one of like the higher up counselors there. I would say he was maybe 27. Mm-hmm. So he was a little bit older than me. I was 21. But the dude had six years sober and skateboarded and smoked cigarettes and worked out and was like a, in my head, a cool person. Like, wow, like I've mm-hmm. never seen sobriety look appealing at 21 years old. Mm-hmm. It always seemed uh, like just this thing I had to do. But Jeremy made it seem like this thing like you get to do. And that was appealing to me. Mm. So I get sober. I go to treatment three to four months. It was a long-term treatment, thank God, because 30 days was stopped working. It wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I had yeah. at least two months worth more of problems. <laughs> <laughs> and so I start working there. I get to work with him. He ends up becoming my boss. Hmm. And I kind of just start to grow up I grow up in a recovery community I was 21 and uh so now I'm 31 Mm -hmm. and have been sober the whole time and became a a counselor and have like my own one-on-one caseload for a super long time and the facility that I worked at five years ago opened up a CrossFit gym and they needed a CrossFit coach and I've been super into like health and fitness and that's just been a huge part of my life and we started mm-hmm. doing a podcast, and I slowly started to learn kind of how logic worked. And he helped me get my first laptop, and I have a MacBook Pro. And from there, it's just been kind of growing into someone that's 
decent at technology. We always laugh. Uh, about seven years ago, he asked me to make a flyer uh, for Easter. We were doing we were doing an Easter flyer at the facility we worked at mm-hmm. with um, I don't know what was I highlighting. I was highlighting like uh, yeah, we're doing like movies today. We're doing games. And yeah, all, you know, we make it for the clients uh-huh. so they know kind of the agenda for Easter. Yeah, I was thinking about what it's yeah. called when you hide the eggs. What the hell is that called? Yeah, an Easter egg. Hunt. Oh, e- that's, of course. Okay. Yeah. I thought it had a more specific name. Easter egg hunt. I yeah. remember highlighting everything, and I showed him this flyer, and I was so proud of it. And he was just like, this is the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It was bad. And so we always hedge that as how far I've have, I have come <laughs> yeah. technologically. Yeah. Um, that was your, your baseline. Making, yeah, my baseline was very low. It was all uphill. Yeah, you know, and now we're got microphones and three laptops, four laptops, mm-hmm. and fifty thousand dollars worth of camera gear, and I know how to use all of it and mm-hmm. set frames and edit on the computer, and that's kind of yeah. just uh, an a testament to him, but also recovery. Yeah, being able to become mm-hmm. who you want to be and learn new skills, and nothing mm-hmm. is is too small when you've kicked a, an addiction that almost killed you, you know? Yep. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that, that's what I would say is kind of close to my yeah. story with yeah. some stuff left out, but yeah, that's the story today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so when, when you guys go into a facility um, and, or, you know, it may not be a, you know, actual, you know, facility, a, a, a home, a detox center of uh, that looks residential, you know, in a, in a neighborhood somewhere. But whenever you go into anybody's um, uh, kind of treatment modality, do you find that they uh, have a pretty good idea of who they are and what they're about and what they want to do? Or do you find that sometimes... Um, they're relying on you to help them present it in a certain way because maybe there's some ambiguity about exactly, uh, you know, our our um, our strong points and our our things that we would like to show. Do they lean on you to kind of help them find that, or? I think it's a, a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, in that, like most of, well, just to to be transparent, we're we're kind of picky about who we work with, um, mm-hmm. and so like we've had people ask us to come film, and and um, our our reputations, our integrity, um, our morality is is very very important to us, and so if um, if there's any kind of red flags or anything that tells mm-hmm. us that maybe a certain agency isn't all the way on the up and up. Um, we kind of gently say no. Uh, mm-hmm. And so what that leaves us with is this pool of uh, professionals and agencies and programs that are doing really good work. And I think that um, most of the time their vision is very, very clear because they're doing the work for the right reason. Um, and so a lot of programs, um, like we saw that you guys had Mike and Greg from Embodied Recovery on mm-hmm. uh, last year mm-hmm. or something. And, mm-hmm. you know, Mike and Greg, uh, we're really close with those guys. And they have such a clear idea of their curriculum, of their treatment process. Like, it, it is what they live and breathe. And that's mostly what we experience. I think that when we come in with the cameras and the microphones and all the lights and everything, our role is really to support them in being as much themselves as possible. And the way we do that is we do a deep dive of discovery into who they are and what they do, and then base all of our questions, all of our uh, cinematography, all the shots and everything around that so that all they have to do is be themselves, and that's what we capture. And so sometimes, mm. um, you know, we'll be sitting down with clinicians, and I love working with clinicians. I love therapists. I love, like, you know, nerding out on clinical modalities and, you know, things like that. I just mm-hmm. think it's such a blast. And uh, and sometimes they'll sit down with us and they'll say, yeah, we do uh, EMDR and ACT and CBT and DBT. And we kind of got to <laughs> slow them down a little bit because mom uh-huh. and dad's at home. They don't know what that means. They don't know yeah. the significance of those things. And so 
what we'll do is uh, support them in kind of simplifying the uh, technical stuff that they're doing that that they're doing in treatment. Um, but what we're most interested in is the heart, right? So what mm. we're after is why do you do this work? Why do you guys come mm. here? You could do anything in the world, and you're choosing to do this. Why is that? And the reason mm -hmm. we lead with that is because when someone's getting ready to go to treatment, this is very often life or death. And moms, dads, family members, the addicts themselves know that that's kind of what we're in. And um, having a, a treatment center that's clinically a fit is of the utmost importance. But what's even more important is that the person feels safe, that they feel cared for, that they feel that recovery is possible wherever they land. And that yeah. comes from the heart, not the head. And so what mm -hmm. we're after is really trying to pull the emotionality. And it's so easy because, you know, clinicians and, and treatment center people, like all of us are in the field because we care. We're not trying to get rich and, you know, <laughs> yeah. like buy Lambos, right? It's, and so yeah. when, we're, when we ask questions like, hey, why do you do this work? I mean, we... We've, I can't tell you how many times on a shoot we've had tears in our eyes, yeah. goosebumps. I mean, it's just like we're capturing the most beautiful piece of humanity uh, from these programs. And so most of the time, that's kind of what we're going for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great yeah. answer. Well, Thanks, are, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you answered, you went ahead and kind of answered a question I was going to ask because I was wondering, are there, you know, inquiries that you turn down. I know I do another podcast and just a few days ago and I didn't, it, it was a guest that was pitched to us and the booker booked them. And I didn't even look at their stuff until the day of, you know, we're scheduled for the recording. And I looked at it and I called my co-host and I said, have you seen this? You know, he goes, you know, hell no, we can't, you know, I'm sure, you know, in another universe at another time in another place in another dimension, that's okay. But it's not our fit. And it's yeah, not yeah. going to serve mm -hmm. our audience. And mm -hmm. they're, you know, they're operating under an agenda that isn't ours and, a, you know, using a mm -hmm. language that doesn't match. Mm -hmm. So I love, I love that, that you guys, you're not just pimping your out, yourselves out. I wouldn't expect <laughs> you to, but I love that you went ahead and said, yeah, no, no, we're, we're yeah, this is mission for you as much as it is for mm -hmm. the people who are working in the, in the treatment centers. That's absolutely uh, yes, uh, just sir. a quick legal question. Do, do uh, our clients ever on screen? And if so, what kind of releases and that kind of stuff do you have to get to sign? Yeah. Yeah. So um, generally what we do is we try and clear the place out when we're filming, um, especially like okay. for the, the, the video tour piece uh, is very important to us. Yeah. Dal Dallas, especially like we, we want to show a treatment center as realistically as possible. We don't want to Photoshop. We don't uh -huh. want to stage scenes. We don't want to like make right, it right. look like something other than it is. Um, mm -hmm. And right. so what we'll do is, is uh, a lot of times, you know, we're working with, uh, you know, privately owned mom and pop treatment centers and it's easy to mm -hmm. get the clients out of the, the house for a couple hours, go to a meeting in town or, um, you know, hit the beach. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. And, um, so there are times where a client will kind of like pop out and we'll either reset and start again mm -hmm. or I'll blur them mm -hmm. out so that there's, uh, you know, you can't tell who you. it is or what gender they are. Um, mm -hmm. But we also okay. do testimonials with people after treatment. Um, uh -huh. And in that case, yeah, it's it's really uh, straightforward. Just have them sign a, a video release and and that's it. Okay. But gotcha. uh, yeah, we, mm -hmm. we definitely have to be very aware of HIPAA. You know, we're not trying to get sued yeah. or yeah. <laughs> uh, worse, you know, violate somebody's privacy while they're in, mm -hmm. in, in uh, treatment. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, well, you guys were going around the country. There's got to be significant expense and cost, you know, for some of that. I mean, how is that covered? Are there fees and do you guys go by expenses plus uh you know, a fee to uh, put this together for someone or how is that all handled? Yeah, well, we just when when we're doing discovery, obviously, we know kind of where they're at. And we've probably already looked up flights and gas and hotels. Mm -hmm. And because we, you know, generally we're not shooting for a day. It's three, four days. It's it's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so we just kind of put that into the budget. Like we're not going to lose money to film. 
Mm-hmm. We have we before. Have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have definitely done that before. And so now yeah. we know how to not yeah, right. do that, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. But yeah, we just budget for it. Um, and we're, we've Good. been traveling together for, we have that, we have it dialed in. So yeah. we can travel mm-hmm. pretty cheap and uh, yeah, we just throw it into the cost and it's not too bad. Yeah. Sometimes they're like, hey, you can stay at our treatment center. And yeah. We're like, nah, we've done a lot of that in the past. So we'll get a hotel. You know? Yeah, that's a, yeah. probably a, a trip not taken, worth not taking again if we could help it, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah I'm okay. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah well, it, it, is there anything that really sparks your interest? I mean, you said, you know, people doing kind of unique things and, and uh, mm-hmm. in unique ways, but yeah, are there any particular things that spark your interest in a, in hearing about something uh, a group is doing somewhere? You know, goat yoga me, or, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, okay. we got to get to goat yoga. <laughs> yeah. I think like um, the, it's interesting. Like I'm, I, I do enjoy like new amenities like goat yoga and like, you know, mm-hmm. just seeing cool ways people are, are finding to help people in recovery. Um, but what mm-hmm. I've been really interested in is um, trying to find uh, like treatment centers that are up and coming new, new players mm-hmm. to the game. Um, you know, we're, we're very blessed in, in Northern California. There are so many amazing people up here. Um, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of young people opening treatment centers. Our, our good friend Camille owns, uh, Avery lane for women. She would make an amazing guest on this podcast. Um, mm, okay. and she's, she's very young, but she's sharp and she cares, uh, so deeply. And, it's always very inspiring to feel this kind of youthful presence uh, in the treatment space. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, reversely, I think uh, what I've been really interested in lately is like working more with clinicians in private practice and uh, mm-hmm. supporting them in uh, up- upgrading their, their video content, their website stuff. Uh, not not so much from a marketing lead generation aspect, but more from a, a branding standpoint of, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I can't tell you guys how many times we get calls from people um, just because of the nature of our work who are looking for a therapist and they're scrolling psychology today and they're like, Jeremy, I mean, there's 10,000 therapists. I have no idea where to start, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, you know, psychology today is so text heavy. It's just nothing but text. And young people aren't reading. I don't think really any of us are reading to the extent that that we used to. And Mm -hmm. so I've been really interested in like, okay, well, if if it's not psychology today, how can Dallas and I uh, leverage our skills to help kind of usher in the new era of the way people seek therapy? Um, Mm -hmm. Wow. So good. Yeah. And so. That's been interesting for for us lately. Is it's kind of like breaking into the the private <clears throat> clinician space, you know? Yeah, I'd I'd love to hear more about that in in some form. Maybe even talking about it offline, just because that's sure. a very hard thing. I have a website for my practice, but it's a very hard thing to either um, orchestrate video finding people that you trust to come in and do it well, you know. Um, and and then and then posting that and that being kind of part of your calling card, uh, yep. you know, it, it, it's a tricky thing, I think. So and 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 most of us are not, you know, uh, cinematic in our way of thinking, and so it would be great, <laughs> right. you know, to have that kind of creativity mm-hmm. uh, to help us represent the 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 feel and the emotion of what we do, not just the, um, you know, not just reciting what we could put in print on a, you know. A paragraph under you know, our hit under our headshot um yeah. but yeah that's that's great this mm-hmm. is a key insight i think about the, the fact that the the coming generation is i watch my grandkids uh, mm-hmm. and they come to you know they come to our house and they watch television but they don't watch what their parents watched or what mm-hmm. their grandparents watched they don't watch network television they dial no. up youtube on the screen exactly. yep. and right Yep. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's unbelievable. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, David, David, you and I, we're, we're, we're doing an audio podcast still in 2023. I know. And I'm, we have got to make the jump. We got to make the jump to YouTube. That, right? That's, that's the, the call that's really to thing. action. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I had Second somebody act. tell me. Yeah. Somebody told me the other day, they said, if you're not doing video, um, you're dead. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty, yeah, it's pretty blunt. But he said, really, he what? said, seriously, he said, you need a page, a positive sobriety, you know, page on YouTube and post yep. the video of, you know, the interviews. And, uh, and it's amazing when, when I look at what my grandkids are watching, when I think of the millions of dollars that the met networks spent on producing counter programming that my yeah. grandkids have no interest. Yeah, and no, see, and, and, you know, it's somebody working off a laptop, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and even taking it younger, my grandsons are two and a half and four, and I was mm-hmm. with them uh, about a week ago on the weekend, and my daughter mm-hmm. said, um, pull up the YouTube channel of, you know, I know she gave me some kid's name, and I, you know, searched it, and I pulled it up, and, and the boys are going, yeah, that's it, that's it, that's it. And I, and I go to my daughter, and I go, there's nothing but a, a kid putting matchbox cars in real time on a track and running them down and watching them fall in a pot of water. And they're yep. watching this as if it's uh, the Wizard yeah. of Oz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, welcome to the internet. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've got their juice cups yeah. in front of it. And they're like, Papa, watch, Papa, watch. And I'm like, yeah, that, yeah, I've seen that 79 times now. That's fascinating. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Well, and, like, and here's... So, here's- Here's what's so interesting about that for us is that, um, and just to just to give you guys a little bit of reassurance, I don't think that um, potty or audio podcasts are going away anytime soon. I think that um, mm-hmm. you know running audio only is uh, you know there's such a huge market of people who don't want to watch; they want to listen. And um, okay. what's what's interesting for us is that. Um, when I think about that video you just described of, of a kid, you know, and he's taking these things and running them down a track into water, it's mm-hmm. like, what the heck? But, but young people are so drawn to that. And, and part of that is that I think for, you know, 40 or 50 years, all marketing, all network TV, uh, all, almost all media was kind of geared towards this illusion, creating this idea of perfection, right? So when you watch a, uh-huh, a right. com- commercial for, you know, scope mouthwash, it's like the perfect mm-hmm. couple and their perfect house and their perfect teeth and they're using perfect mouthwash. And you're like, right. dang, I mm-hmm. got to get some scope, right? Mm-hmm. And that that was mm-hmm. the kind of the way media was done for so long. And then something interesting is that uh, you know, to buy a, an ad spot on the Super Bowl is millions of dollars right. for mm-hmm. 30 seconds, right? And yeah. Super Bowl ads are different than any other ads. And that's very interesting to me because it's like, okay, if you've got to spend millions of dollars for these 30 seconds, you're not going to make the same commercial that you always make because the same commercial you always make are no longer effective, and that's right. why Super Bowl commercials are so geared towards entertainment. They're funny. And it's mm-hmm. they're funny mm-hmm. because they work, right? And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. a lot of what we're trying to do is, you know, looking at behavioral health, like there's, there's such a wide uh, scale of human emotion in our field, right? It can be really sad. It can be scary. It can be dark. And reversely, it can be so happy yeah. and loving and hopeful. And what we're trying to do is steer our industry away from creating this idea of perfection through their brand videos because perfect doesn't exist and it's an impossible standard, right? And Mm -hmm. instead, what we try and capture is there is so much magic happening on its own. We don't need to make an ad. We don't need to make ads. We don't need to stage a scene. If we just point the camera and ask this clinician, why, why did you come to work today? That is enough. Mm-hmm. It's enough. Mm-hmm. And, and when mm-hmm. somebody sees it and they go, oh, my God, that person genuinely cares about what they do. Yeah. We don't have to make yeah. ads. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. I'm, and you, you know, know, that's what, what gets mm-hmm. us excited. And you don't have to yeah. score it with a musical soundtrack that will cue the listener what to feel, right? 
Right. Even though we do sometimes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we do yeah, love doing sometimes. that too. Yeah. We oh, do, do you really? To highlight okay. that feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, uh, okay. if, if they're okay. really like, uh, if they're really hitting on something, and we want to like mm-hmm. really make it clear, like, hey, this is some heart stuff. You know, yeah. we'll put some heart music. <laughs> really? but We don't do. Will you? Uh, like traditional okay. sad piano, and you know, like. <laughs> sad piano i love it um yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome okay all right well yeah but you know that's the thing because this business i but you know i would call it a business but it is a business and it's a business of story you know because these aren't people who are problems to be solved their stories to be heard i mean that's the first thing that my training told me when uh, they said, you know, you're going to sit down across from somebody. They're not a problem to be solved. They're a story to be heard. Um, mm-hmm. And and so you're you're giving story of you know a, a, a place to to show up and and hear how that uh, you know how people are impacted by what they've experienced and and why you know mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I mean I think it's I think it's a cool concept and I I loved your website and just kind of the candor that you know some of it these these people just taking you through and. Uh, yeah, and it was a little like you know Guy Fieri going behind in the kitchen, yep. with the, you know. <laughs> yep. Well, and, uh, and know. just wait, you guys. I mean, that's uh, that's like uh, ultimately our vision. You know, we're we're on the kind of the pre-production stages of a documentary, um, and ultimately, like we can't wait for Rehab Road Trips to be optioned on Netflix or HBO as a travel show where we talk, uh, you know, travel around yeah. and talk to people yeah. like you guys uh, about mm-hmm. how to get healthy, you know, mm-hmm. and um, that's awesome. it's not uh, the conversation concept. that's public facing right now is the doom and gloom of it all. You know, fentanyl is mm-hmm. killing everybody and there's no hope mm-hmm. and no one's making mm-hmm. it. And, and that's the only right. story being told. And we take issue with that in a big way because there's millions of people thriving, not just surviving. They are winning in life. They're creating beautiful lives and, and that's mm-hmm. the story that we're we're here to tell. And um, so ultimately, you will see us like Guy Fieri, maybe minus the hair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you okay. know, but that's tack, uh, terrible shirts, but <laughs> you know, Sprinter but man, not yeah. like a hot rod yeah. Corvette. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah. the cool thing yeah. is, is that um, and I know I know we're going to have to wrap up here in just a second. But the cool thing to me is that in a lot of the traditional modalities that are are pretty steeped in. Um, you know, maybe some old models that, that didn't mm-hmm. work as well. I love that, that what you're doing makes room for people to say, here's some things that maybe not as conventional as, you know, 30 days in a bed in this place, but this is a way that people are experiencing connection, um, being known, feeling um, cared for in a, in a context that, uh, isn't as traditional, but very, very effective. And so that gives a voice to people that say, you know, there may be more than, you know, one, one model out there for this. Absolutely. Well, yeah, fellas, absolutely. I, I love the vision for where you're going. I can see you there. I know you're going to be, you're going to be doing it, uh, nationwide. Uh, and I, we're going to take credit for your success when it comes. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> do. <laughs> It, it was, Please uh, do. It was you guys appearance. are the real reason. Yeah. 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 It. it was your appearance on the Positive Sobriety Podcast that launched. You That's right. Into uh-huh. the audio. Only, them, we don't know where we'd be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, uh, how do our listeners who desperately want to contact you now? How do they yeah. reach you? Yeah. So uh, it's super simple. Um, you can visit us online at rehabroadtrips.com. Uh, otherwise, mm-hmm. um, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, those are kind of our, our hubs. Um, we're really trying to okay. uh, increase our YouTube presence. So YouTube, mm-hmm. we're just just type in Rehab Road Trips. We're the first thing that will pop up. Um, otherwise, all social channels is just at Rehab Road Trips. That's us. Okay. Yeah, all and right, if people want to find us personally, um, it's just Dallas at Dallas RRT and at Jeremy rrt because we post stuff as our kind of our own brand our own person especially in recovery and stuff like that he talks mm-hmm. a lot about mm-hmm. movies he gives out free advice on mm-hmm. on podcasting <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> and i talk a lot right. about fitness and show my dogs so yep <laughs> yeah oh very right. cool awesome awesome all right awesome. we'll do all right fellas this has been great listeners stay with us we'll be back in just a moment 
on the Positive Sobriety Podcast. Welcome back to the Positive Sobriety Podcast. Um, Nate, I enjoyed uh, that interview a lot. And I, I did too. I really want to encourage our, our uh, listeners to get on on YouTube and get on their website on rehab road trips because uh, they have some really cool stuff that they're doing. And I like the approach so much. And I'm really seriously interested in seeing, um, you know, how they could help us and, and help me in my work and um, mm-hmm. shape and frame things in a way that uh, are more accessible to people, you know, yeah, um, yeah. than maybe some ways yeah. that I've thought about it in the past. Hey, and let's let's follow up on their suggestions for upcoming guests. It sounds like oh, we've got some contact yes. with some yeah. fascinating people, and we'll yes. have some more great conversations in the future. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, but I really I did enjoy that. You know, you could just tell when people are really uh, it, it, not just passionate about what they do, but really have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, you know, yeah, and uh, yeah. and it seems like they really do uh, enjoy that. But but I love the fact too that that we, it gives people a peek into some different opportunities to see how uh, other modalities might might work uh, where treatment mm-hmm. is concerned. It's equally clinical, equally um, you know uh, recovery based, but maybe just a different um, diff- little different approach in some places. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Well. Uh, I think that's about it for this uh, episode of the Positive Sobriety Podcast. Uh, we would love, of course, to hear from our listeners any suggestions you have for upcoming guests, any reaction you have to uh, today's conversation. Uh, join the conversation with us and give us the benefit of your input, your feedback, or your pushback if there's something about what we're doing that you disagree with or think ought to be done differently. Hey, we're open. We want to hear. Right. All right. And you can reach us at Positive Sobriety Podcast at gmail.com. Well, that about wraps it for this week. Until next time, I'm Nate. And I'm David. Yeah. <laughs> and we are your pals <laughs> on the Positive Sobriety Podcast. The Positive Sobriety Podcast is recorded at Crossroads for the Nations in Brentwood, Tennessee. Live producer Rex Schnelli, music by Rex Schnelli, theme music by Matt Ulrich, uh, hair and makeup by Lyle Lovett, uh, wardrobe <laughs> by Kathy Gifford. 